0: If you've got your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn with me over to the book of John. John chapter 13. We're going to read the vast majority of it tonight. Titled, The Example is Set. One of the most humbling chapters in Scripture to me is John chapter 13. Because we see Jesus here do something that a king should not do. We see something that a, especially a god should not do. But he sets for us an example. Let me ask you as we as we go in. Uh, do you have a servant's heart? Do you? Followers of Christ should have a heart like Christ had. You should have a servant's heart. We should be. Wasn't it just last time we were together? We weren't together last week because of spring break, correct? The The week before that. Remember, we ended the service. Staring outward. Remember, we lined this entire auditorium staring outward at the people out there. Because the church is outward focused. The church is other focused. We, as His sons and His daughters, are to be servants just as He was a servant. We're to have the mind of Christ just like He had. And you know you. You know what stands in the way. You know if there's tendencies, maybe biases, maybe past hurts. You know what it is that stands in the way of you being a servant, putting others first. You know, in we uh, in America, we work for ours. We work hard for ours. Doggone it, I worked for it. You gotta work for it. But you know, I don't know if that's always the right way of us as Christians. I don't know if that's the right mentality of us as Christians. How do we know? The Bible says we entertain our angels unaware. How do we know that isn't just that person, that individual, that situation, that moment, that event that comes and places itself at your feet? Not at their feet, not at his feet, but at your feet. And there you stand in that moment. What do you do? And here's the thing. The question is not what would you do? Because, of course, on a Wednesday night... We'd all say, well, I would do this. The question's not what would you do. The question is what you historically do. What have you done? That's who we are is what we do. Now, we can all talk big and bad. In this one, this is another one of those. We, we find Peter. You jump over. We were with Peter quickly as I really flew right through Peter this past Sunday morning. Peter on John 14 is saying, I would die for you. There we go. Peter being big and bad and loud. Even here tonight, Peter's big and bad and loud. We're all big and bad and loud until it flops itself right there in front of you. Who are you? Who are you? The example is set by our Savior. We don't have to wonder. I think it's the coolest thing. We serve a God who Who did not make us have to connect the dots. He already showed us the full picture. We don't don't see all these thousands of numbers. And us have to, over a period of time, see what comes to reality. No, we already see Christ. We see Him. We see His obedience. Here we're coming up to Easter. Obedience even to death. He was as other-focused as anybody. In obedience to the Father, He gave Himself out completely. We're the beneficiaries of that great obedience. We're the beneficiaries of his, His... As He submitted and just listened and did what the Father told Him to do, we are beneficiaries of all the mercy and grace and goodness, period. We get the goodness That Christ earned for us. We get the the grace. We get the freedom from sin. We get it all. And in turn. He tells us. They'll know you're my disciples by your love. They'll know that you are my follower. You'll look different. You'll walk in the room. And there'll just be a different air about everything that's in there. Because you're in there. What makes us different is the Spirit of God that dwells on the inside of us. It's the Spirit of God that that leads us and directs our lives and directs our thoughts. Look at the beginning of John 13. It's really a summary. It's a summary of what's happened and what's going to happen. It's a full summary in the first four verses here. It says, Now before the feast of Passover... Notice this, there was no accident. There was no surprise. The cross was not a surprise. Yes, Jesus was on mission. And I go and tell you, Sunday the mission was the cross. So you want to see what's going to be sitting up there? The mission was the cross. That's where he was going. That's what happened. That's That's where he came to this earth and headed toward was the cross. Scripture says it. Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, that he would depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper... The devil, having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come forth from God and was going back to God, got up from supper, laid aside his garments, and taking a towel, he girded himself. Jesus, the God-man, 100% God and 100% man is about to do the most, I don't even know the word, menial, tiny, minuscule. This is a slave's job. What we're about to see God do, the God that we're to have the mind of, there's not a one of us in this room that can say, I'm too good for that. When we see what Jesus does here in John 13, it takes every excuse. It takes all of, I'm too good for that. Somebody else has got to do that. We're going to get one of the paid boys to do that one. Or some of the hired hands to do that one. That's not. That's beneath me. Guys, when we see what Jesus does here in these next few verses in John chapter 13, it takes away every. Rational, every excuse, it takes it all all out of the way. Because we see God Himself drop down to His knees and clean filth. Usually, this is done at the beginning of the beginning. Usually, one of the slaves, when you go into someone's house, the doors are open, the slave is there, and He cleans the visiting guest. Jesus here at supper, it says, drops down and starts washing feet. As I read this, as I read this, I've read this last couple of days. I've read through this chapter and as I read it, the heaviness of what is taking place is overwhelming. Here is God, that same God that has always been there. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God and the Word was God. That same God that spoke it into existence. in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That is the same God that we see here drop to his knees and start washing. Dirty? Probably not like what we think. They were sandals. All right? They weren't feet that set in socks and set in heat and stinky feet like we think. No, they were more muddy feet. They were dusty feet. They were dirty feet. They weren't stinky feet. They were just filthy feet. It was a slave's task that Jesus is about to do. I ask you again do you have a servant's heart? I don't know your answer. I don't know what your answer is. What hinders you from having a servant's heart? I go in and tell you it's your flesh. It's your flesh, it's your fallen nature, it's it's the war that has taken place. If you're a Christian, it's the war that takes place between the flesh and the Spirit because the Spirit is saying, submit, and and the flesh is saying, I'm too good for that. The Spirit is saying, look, this is what I saved you for, and the flesh is saying, I'm too good for that. And that's the struggle that every person that's a believer deals with on a daily, regular basis because opportunities for us to serve others are all the time to bless others to be his hands and feet you can say hey even in the middle of a pandemic you know what, else, you, know what you had and even in the middle of a pandemic you had a telephone that you could, you could text people and you could say hey I'm thinking of you today hey I, I was just thinking about you, I heard, you have, I, heard, I heard TJ I heard you lost your daddy I'm, I'm praying for you brother I hate that know that I'll be in prayer know I'll be interceding for you Hey, I heard you got sick. I heard, you had, I heard something was going on. I heard you had bad weather. I heard you... I had, I had pastor friends this past week from Tennessee text me and said, Hey, are you guys okay down there? Because they heard all that. They don't exactly pinpoint exactly where we were. All they knew is that, hey, Tuscaloosa had tornadoes out breaking and tornadoes hitting different places and they're reaching out. Hey, are you okay? I'm like, wow. Thought a little old bitty me that he ain't seen in ten years. That's a servant's heart. Other focused. Other first. Other needs met before my own needs met. Read it with me. Verse 5. Then he poured water into a basin. Slave should have poured the water in the basin. He did it all. He didn't cut any corners. Notice. Notice the way Jesus does things. Notice the example that Jesus set. He did it all. He pulled the towel off. He got the basin. He poured the water. He set the example all the way. Then he poured the water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. So he came to Simon Peter and said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Here's Peter. You know, if we're honest, we're a lot like Peter. We're mouthy. I ain't going to make you raise your hand if you're mouthy. Because it'd make you do one or two things. It'd embarrass you or you'd lie. Because most of us, if we're honest, are mouthy. Peter here's mouthy. Jesus answered and said to him, What I do, you do not realize now, but you will understand hereafter. We get it. We know the rest of the story, church. There's no confusion there. This is him. This is a dialogue between Jesus and Peter. And we know now what Peter did not know then. We hold him to such a high standard. Peter said to him, never shall you wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. And notice how he turns. He says, Peter said to him, never shall you wash but Simon Peter said to him, Lord, then wash not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, he who has bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. Notice, the example is set, church, and here's the deal. What Christ desires from us is not easy believism. It's not easy to go out and find your buddies. It's not just for me to go find Casey and Rob and Josh and Brother Ken and do good to those that I like. Those that are, you know, we hang out with, we know each other, we we cut up, we have a good time. No, the example that Christ set for us is far different than what we want. Because God doesn't just want us to go to the warm and fuzzies. Who else was around the table? Who else was around that table? Do you have a servant's heart? You say, yeah, but Brother Shannon, you don't know who these people are. You don't know what he did to me. You don't know what she said to me. You don't know how they hurt my family. You don't know. And the list can go on. You don't know. That was my job and they took it. It was my, it was my role and they stole it. It was my attaboy and they got it. I should have got the attention. They hurt me. You don't know what they said about me. You don't know what they've done to me. You don't know how far they, these people go out of their way regularly just to run me over. Anybody got people like that in their lives? I guarantee if you walk out them doors enough and actually open your eyes and start talking to people and to every single one of us, we're going to run into people. People's a dirty business. But Jesus came to seek and to say that which was lost. And guess who else was sitting around that table that night? Judas Iscariot. I think one of the most amazing parts of the whole story was that Jesus, the God of this universe, did not just stoop down and wash filthy sinners' feet. But the sovereign God of this universe, who knew all things, knows all things from the beginning. To the end, there's nothing that God is having to learn as the moments happen. He already knew. So he already knew Judas was there. And Jesus set an example for us that church we cannot ignore. He washed the feet of his betrayer. He washed the feet of the one who sold him into the Into the Roman authorities' hands for 30 pieces of silver. Jesus knew that would happen. He tells us, He calls Him out, He says it. He says, Whatever you're going to go do, go do it quickly. Yet He still washed His feet. Guys, when we see that, that takes all the excuses out of the way. That takes all the yell yeah butts and just annihilates them and leaves us at a place that, look, life is going to come at our feet on a regular basis and it's going to come in all shapes and sizes and colors and breeds, whether they're on that side of the track or your side of the track. And Jesus ministered. His betrayer. Jesus blessed his betrayer. He showed no partiality. He served the one who turned him in and instigated it. He did that. For he knew, verse 11. For he knew the one who was betraying him. For this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. So when he had washed their feet and taken his garments and reclined at the table again, he said to them, do you know what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord and you are right, for so I am. If I then, listen church, if I then, The Lord and teacher washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example that you also should do as I did to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you're blessed if you do them. You want to be blessed? You want to be blessed? Bless others. You want to be blessed? Serve others. You want to be blessed? Love others. You want to be blessed? Love the hard to love. Serve the hard to serve. Serve the ones that, that it just don't make any sense. Why in the world would I, would I? They're going to use me. They're going to abuse me. They're going to make fun of me. They're going to take advantage of me. They're going to go out and, and run me down. It doesn't matter. A couple weeks ago, to the best of your ability, be at peace with all men. And here we see Jesus takes a lot of our, you know, we can take that verse and we can, yeah, but I'm not going to do that because you know how they always are. Yeah, but I tried. Did you really try? Have you really tried? Isn't it easy how we, we're we really good to those that are in our nest? Isn't it, isn't it easy to be good to those easy easy ones? Isn't it easy to serve those, those in our family? Listen, modern America, modern day world, we, other statistics are saying young people can't even, can't even communicate anymore. They get in relationships and they don't even know how to talk. Literally, they don't even know how to talk. Why? Because the relationship started on text and the conversation is still on text and now newlyweds the 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 young people that are what 18 19 20 and on up that's getting married right now they don't know how to argue you know what that you know how they argue they argue through text and 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 silly stuff we laugh but that's it and you know what here's what's happened it's it's gone so far to where remember remember 50 years ago and far back, remember how we all used to play under the tree? You remember shelling beans at my granny's house? Y'all remember shelling beans and them, them uh, uh, butter, butter beans? Who liked shelling butter beans? You're a nut. <laughs> Ain't that right, Mitt? You could shell and shell and shell in the bottom of my pan. Never got covered. Never got covered. But do you remember them shelling parties? You remember everybody would come and we would throw them hampers out, a hamper full. We'd throw them black, black, uh, purple peas and big zippers and little zippers and little white peas, and little white ones that just burn your fingers up. You remember the good old days? That's when everybody come. You remember how crazy folks, they, they some crazy people. They used to shell them butter beans and they'd take them to people. Can you imagine, can you imagine shelling them butter beans? That is the most foreign idea in this world. Them three girls right there said, are you kidding me? Taking somebody raw butter beans. Am I lying, church? But there's a generation coming that don't have a clue. And there's a generation coming that this is going to be even more foreign. There's a generation coming that we still stand in the gap because we remember butter beans and purple whole peas that got all over your fingers. and We remember doing that corn and getting that junk all over. We remember that. But there's a generation that we're living with that don't know nothing about that. We remember ministering and loving. And we saw Mama and we saw Grandmama take people after they worked all day long. They'd wake up. Listen, girls, they would literally get up before daylight and get into the fields. And and it's cold and it's wet and there's bugs and it's just ridiculous. And they would go do all of that and give it to somebody else. This used to not be so foreign. Now, now it's like we don't even know each other. And here we, <clears throat> I'll use my dad as an example. He's either watching or we'll watch. I can't tell you. A couple of years ago, we'd go in the house. Not knocking you, I'm just telling you. We'd go in the house and we'd pull these phones out at their house and they'd get on to us. Now I can't even get him to have a conversation with me because he's on his phone. I'm like, talk to me. He's just checking Facebook and he's showing me silly pictures. I'm like, wasn't that evil a long time ago? I mean, wasn't that the sign of the devil not long ago? And now, I'm telling you, Look back here, I got her rolling. She knows what I'm talking about. That's Miss Ann rolling back there. This hadn't changed. This hadn't changed, church. Jesus got down and washed not only the disciples' feet, but he washed his betrayer's feet. We've gone from we've gone from walking up to the front door and knocking on the door to people that in our mind, we didn't even like as kids because they were just mean. But mom and granny said, take them these, these, these vegetables. Take them these tomatoes. Take them these squash. Take them this okra. To now, church of 2021, you remember what I'm talking about. You may have grown up in the city, but you are in Alabama. It's still relevant today. And it's the example Jesus set for us. It's the example that we're still given in Scripture. It didn't change. Technology changed. His word didn't. The way of life changed, but His word didn't. It's not that. Well, God didn't know, God didn't know how cell phones would work. God didn't know how interstates would work. God didn't know how telephones would work. God didn't know how light bulbs would work. God are you kidding me? He knew all of this. His word doesn't change. We're just, we're just getting further and, further and further and further and further and further and further away from the cross. And we're, we're left more and more to ourself and to our own devices and to our own thoughts and to our own rationalizing to where we care more about what the world and what I think than what this book says. If you know these things, you're blessed if you do them. It's not accidentally there. And then over in Malachi, it tests me, it tests me on this. Very similar here. Test me on this. doesn't say the exact words. He does say, hey, you do this and I'll bless you. Do it this way and I'll bless you. Do it the way I'm showing you. Take the example that I'm setting for you and I'll bless the fire on you. I do not speak of all of you. I know the ones I have chosen, but it, but it is that the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats my bread has lifted up his heel against me. From now on, I'm telling you before it comes to pass, so that when it does come, you may believe that I am He. Truly, truly, I say to you, He who receives whoever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. Let's keep reading. Keep reading. I want you to see Judas. Some people say, are you sure Judas was there? Because you won't even go back and read it. He was there. When Jesus had said this, he became troubled in spirit and testified and said, truly, truly, I say to you, that one of you will betray me. The disciples began looking at one another at a loss to know which one he was speaking. There was reclining on Jesus's bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. That was John. So Simon Peter gestured to him and said to him, tell us who it is of whom you are speaking. And he leaning back thus on Jesus's bosom said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus then answered, that is That is the one for whom I shall dip the morsel and give it to him. So when he had dipped the morsel, he took it and gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. After the morsel, Satan then entered into him. Therefore, Jesus said to him, What you do, do quickly. Guys, we have an example of Jesus serving one of the most selfish remember a woman come in and washed his hair washed his feet with his hair and the precious wine and ointment and the disciples say. that Judas kept the money bag and he would often pilfer from it jesus washed his feet jesus jesus washed the feet of Yes, the world's greatest betrayer, Jesus washed his feet. But don't just get so caught up in he washed Judas' feet. Jesus washed feet. That's enough. If he set that example for us, guys, there's a world out those doors. There's a world around you every single day. They'd be shocked. They'd be shocked. In today's culture, they're shocked. In today's culture, it's usually a a text or it's usually a, we don't get anything. We don't get a thank you. We don't get a here, here's some, here's, and I know COVID has stolen a lot of that from us, but I'll take maters. I'll take squash and okra, won't you? I ain't asking because I know it ain't ripe yet, but I'm asking. I mean bless others around you, bless the fire out but don't just bless the easies. Preachers are easies. Preachers are easy. Music guys, we're the easies. You get a real warm and fuzzy by giving for us. We appreciate it. We love you. But imagine those. Imagine who's the Judas in your circle? Who's the Judas in your circle? He could handle a mess of corn. He could handle some okra and some squash and some beans. And you know what? He could even handle, hey, let's do lunch. Hey, here's a gift card. Hey, you fill in the blank by being sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit and you never know. What loving somebody the way Jesus says love them could do. There's no telling what God will do when His people get obedient to His Word. Not not driven by selfish motives. Send it. Do it. Let it happen. And forget it. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Don't go to your sister girls and say, let me tell you what I did. Because you just lost it. You got your reward on earth. You got your attaboy. That's not what we're for. Father God, help us. So simple. It's not rocket science. It's so simple. Even in a day and age and in a culture and in a world to where... What I'm talking about does seem foreign. Does seem like generations. Seems like things we studied. This is stuff we studied in history books. We know it was really. It was the world we lived in. God help us. God help us. Put in our path. Put in our heart. Put on. Put in our world. Put put before us opportunities to bless others. God, we don't want to be selfish. We don't want to have a selfish spirit. We don't want to have a spirit that just takes care of our own. God, help us to bless others, not to get anything in return. God, we see you there setting the example for us. Holy Spirit of God, lay on this room and everyone that watches this message. Lay on the heart of us, God, who you want us to bless. For your glory and your great name's sake. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Night-night, y'all.